Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is six-figure trucker with my friend John Madewell. John is an account manager at Norton Transport, a drive-away transportation provider. John is also the host of the popular trucking podcast, Six Figure Trucker, a weekly podcast about drive-away trucking brought to you by Norton Transport. I have never interviewed anyone talking about drive-away. It's very interesting business, and John's a very interesting guy. So check out our conversation. So how's it going, John? It's going great, Joe. How are you? Doing very good. Doing very good. We had to finally hit record. We've been blabbing for 45 minutes offline. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of talkers here. Yes, yes, yes. John, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Okay. My name's John Madewell. I'm an account manager and podcast host with Norton Transport. And we're from Ringgold, Georgia, which is about 15 minutes south of Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're a suburb there. And uh, we are in the driveway space, the driveway industry. What is the driveway space? I don't think I've talked to anyone on this podcast who says they're in the driveway space. The driveway, surprising to me, is has been around for quite some time. It's If you think of it, it's like the Uber for trucks. We move drivers to the trucks, then move the trucks. We don't move freight, but we move we move day cabs, sleepers, uh, cement mixers, garbage trucks, box trucks. We move them all across the country. We're in 49 states and Canada, and we have a, roughly uh, just over 1,200 drivers, and uh, we move them all over the place. They, you try to move one truck to one location, pick up another truck, move it from that location to another location. So are your customers trucking companies or are they the companies that make the trucks or who's your customers? That's both. We move for manufacturers and we move for dealerships. We move to individuals. We have a whole array of customer bases that we work with. If it's got wheels on it, we'll move it. Yep. It's interesting when we talk about efficiency, everybody in the supply chain, everybody in trucking wants efficiency. That means the truck has to be in the right place. I can't drive it. I can't make that. I can't do my job if I don't have a truck here. And those trucks are need to be repositioned all the time. Exactly. And yeah, you, it's a big you're problem. Exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right about the repositioning because you may have one. Let's say you got one in Tacoma or two in Tacoma, and there's a, a connected entity in Atlanta, and they need those trucks, but they don't have the time or the manpower to get the trucks cross country. That's where we come in. If we've got somebody that's near Tacoma, we'll try to put them in that truck, get them to Atlanta, or if we have to, we'll fly them to Tacoma and then get them to drive that truck to Atlanta. And then ideally, we get something out of Atlanta, which it's not hard to get something out of Atlanta going elsewhere. Yeah. You guys, after how you've been around for a long time, I take it. We've been around for more than 20 years, and we actually started, Calvin Norton is the owner and founder of this company, and he started moving school buses, Bluebird school buses, out of Lafayette, Georgia, and he worked hand-in-hand with Bluebird, and they needed to get these school buses out to the school systems, so they started moving school buses back in the 90s. 
Excellent. Excellent. So tell us about your podcast. It's called, as you introduced it, The Six Figure Trucker. And it is a podcast we do it once a week. It drops on Thursday on about five different formats. And we talk to truck drivers. And it's, as I like to say at the beginning of each podcast, we elevate and celebrate the uh, truck drivers that make our industry go round and round. And in a turn, as there's so much of a part of the economy of America. And we talk to them about life on the road, life off the road, with their driver resets, how it is to drive for four or five days, taking those resets, making cross-country runs, making the short runs. And it's called the six-figure trucker because if you do it right and you do it well, you can make a really good living for yourself as a drive-away truck driver. So you were introduced to me by a guy named Adam Vasquez. And mm-hmm. Adam was on my podcast. We haven't pu- published it yet as we're talking, but he's at a company called Herd Media or Trust Herd. What is it? Media? Is it? Yes, I'm, we work in it. I'm pulling up your his LinkedIn right now. So I want to make sure I get the right. Oh, it's Herd Media, like H-E-A-R-D, Herd Me. But he is behind a lot of podcasts. And... We'll get to this when we talk about the six-figure trucker a little more, but it is not as easy as just starting a podcast. And one of the things he said is when he introduced me to you was this idea of do a podcast that has uh, um, something beyond your company. And so you have a lot of drivers, I take it, working with you guys? Uh, Yes, we have uh, more than 1,200 drivers presently. We've been growing exponentially as time has rocked on there. But uh, yeah, we have a lot of drivers all over the country. They're strongly concentrated, not by coincidence, but we've got our heaviest pool of drivers in Georgia, Texas, Ohio, Atlanta area by far. We've got more than probably close to 200 drivers in the Atlanta area. Which means you're always recruiting because that's the nature of this business. And Adam made the point. You guys weren't saying it wasn't a podcast all about the greatness of Norton Transport, even though it is a great company. It was, hey, let's talk to one of the people we serve, which is truck drivers, and let's talk about how we can help them. If they aren't already making six figures, let's get them there. And I think we we talked about this before we hit record, how important it is to think about where you fit in the, when you're starting a podcast. Now, I will say... I didn't do that. I thought I stumbled in the stupid way, which was I'll just start calling and talking to my friends on a podcast. But along the way, I started seeing that my goal is to help people tell their story and in this business and also try and keep it basic enough because this is such a big industry that people can learn from listening. And there are so many, you mentioned Des Clark before we hit record. There are so many interesting people who are killing it in the space who you might not otherwise hear from. They're they're successful, but they aren't movie stars. They aren't in the Wall Street Journal. So a lot of times they don't get the press they need. And that's the same with the truckers. Yeah, exactly. It's a fascinating business. And I came into it, the podcast space, our uh, vice president of operations, Justin Scott, was doing the podcast here. Also, it was named the Six Figure Trucker then, of course. And they handed it to me because of my background but uh, he does a great job with it, knows a lot more of the intricacies of drive away, really uh, gets into the weeds very on a daily basis. Oh, I'm sure it But does. yeah, the podcast has been very fun for me. Yep. So you mentioned your background. Tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? 
Give us some career highlights before you join Norton Transport. I was born in Crossville, Tennessee, and then my father's job transferred him down to Chattanooga. And we uh, lived in Georgia, which again is a bedroom community, to Chattanooga. I grew up in Ringgold, which is where our company is located now. And I moved into broadcasting, went to the University of Georgia, got a degree there in broadcast news, and then started in Savannah, Georgia. Worked there for four years, primarily in news, but did do some backed up in sports, which was my real reason. My passion for getting into the business was to go into sports. And then in 1994, I moved back to my hometown, Chattanooga there, and went to work for the ABC affiliate and did so for 27 years. The first 20 in news and the last seven in sports. Very nice. Very nice. So we were talking before we hit record how crazy the broadcasting businesses. And I was telling you a story about I'm in the Detroit area. And there are so many people who become locally famous that you go, oh my God, there was a radio station, Drew and Mike. They're the DJs, I should say, in that for WRF, the rock station. They got too old. They dared to get old and they were making a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, one day they were off the air. They were the number one morning show. And I felt like they were my friends. But that is the brutal part of any place where you're broadcasting. If, if you're in radio, if you're in TV, uh, there are so many local TV people who become locally famous that you kind of feel like they're your friends. And then one day they're gone. <laughs> yeah, that's the key to making yourself successful is to have that connection, that interaction with your viewers or your listeners. And it's a double-edged sword because broadcasting is uh, changing all the time. And it was back in, I suppose, it was 2021. I had been, like I said, 27 years at one station. And as my sports director and I said, 62 years of experience gone in 15 minutes. Corporate decided that they had to make some cuts and they did away with the sports department. Their economics are ever-changing. There's that's the problem with all those businesses. And by the way, I'm a huge football fan. I guess we could probably do a football podcast because I know you are too. <laughs> oh yeah. So I watched a million football games with Mark May. He's a announcer and Lou Holtz. And you go, Hey, whatever happened to those guys? Well, you go online, you t they're, they're doing something on YouTube. There's a ton of people who've said, okay, I'm going to do it my own way next time. And that's the nice thing about podcasting. And um, in YouTube is uh, you can own it because a job in broadcasting is it's you're just renting it. <laughs> you're, oh, yeah. You never own that job. <laughs> I was watching Josh Pate last night and I was talking I about was too. <laughs> yeah, I was checking out Josh Pate. Yeah, he's I like his uh, podcast. He does a good job with it. The things that happened to me in broadcasting. By the way, he talks about college football. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love college football, but when it when my career came to an end in broadcasting, I was fortunate to end up at Norton Transport and it's been a great progression. Some similarities, a lot of different things, but when you move into the driveway space as our VP Justin Scott said, it's like drinking water from a fire hose. <laughs> oh yeah, this whole business is that way. The immediacy of the broadcasting business. There is no hey, I take, you know, We'll do the news a little later today or, hey, they don't need the news every day. Nope, they do. They need the news every damn day. It's the same thing Absolutely. in logistics. There's never a day where you go, 
you know what? Maybe we won't serve that customer. <laughs> How's that sound? Yeah, I've never met a customer yet. I've been doing this for about a year and eight months who says, you can bring your my truck to me. Tomorrow's good. It's always yesterday. When you get a truck yesterday. Hey, John, no big deal. When you get a chance, just drop that truck off some this week or next week. I haven't met that customer yet. I haven't met that one. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about that six-figure trucker. So again, our mutual friend, Adam Vasquez, I know he's over at Herd Media. He is a fascinating guy. We'll, at the time we're talking, we'll have already published this, but Adam introduced me to you and he said, you got to check out this podcast because they're doing it right. Meaning they have a goal and they have an audience that they want to reach. And the audience you want to reach with the six figure trucker is obviously the trucker because trucker. And I also imagine there's some small companies saying, yeah, yeah. How do we get there? So if you were to just give me the bullet point, a few bullet points, what are some things that a driver needs to do to get to that six figure income if they're not already making it? I would say the key thing, the key point for a driver to make that kind of money is planning. And each, we do a weekly podcast, 90% of which we were talking about before we hit the record button, our drivers, and they all talk about having a proper plan and how to control your spending on the road. And when we talk about controlling your spending and drive away, we're talking about where you eat, how much you, where you spend your time in a hotel, if you can uh, get away from doing a hotel, airfare, those kind of things, get connecting loads. If you're taking one across country, find a way out. And a lot of them, we have a few drivers that are tow behind drivers where they take their car or their Jeep, put it on a trailer, put it on the back of a sleeper cab or a day cab, and they take the truck to the said destination. Then they drive with their trailer, put it in the back and move on to the next one. We had one guy on, he was a fascinating guest. He's been doing driveaways since the nineties and he has a van and he will sleep in his van and he will pull it behind him wherever he needs to go. And he takes all of his towing equipment. He pulled the rear seat out, put the towing equipment where the rear seat was. He's got a bed set up in there. He's got a microwave. He's got a little fan in there. He's, uh, that's how you make the money doing it like that, being really creative. I've talked to drivers on the podcast before, and one of the things I remember hearing them talk about this is one of the things that's a challenge is the planning and replanning of your day. Because if right now, if you said, Joe, you got to jump in the car and you got to drive to Green Bay, Wisconsin, I know there's going to be Chicago traffic if I got to go that way. I know I want to get there at a certain time. I got to figure out what construction's happening. And I'm, I live in Michigan. I swear to God, you think we're at war, how much construction traffic we have. <laughs> and we have the worst roads in America. Take great pride in that. And the challenge those guys are always having is they say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this off at uh, five o'clock today. And then I'm going to go pick up that other load. And then I'm going to drive for a few hours. I'm going to take a break. But then what ends up happening is they end up in that Chicago traffic or they end up in construction traffic. So it's the replanning. And I think sometimes they can lose their backhaul. They can lose that backhaul because somebody else moved it because they couldn't get there. Now, I'm wondering, that doesn't happen as much in the driveway space, I'm assuming. There's uh, always traffic affects everyone. And, and a lot of our drivers that we talk to, the ones that have been on our podcast, they said, you have to have patience because you can't control traffic. You can't control weather. Breakdowns happen. And uh, breakdowns can be a really a, a slowdown in a, in a major way. 
particularly when you're moving used trucks, things are going to happen and they're going cross country. These trucks are not used to going cross country. Sometimes take, for example, uh, garbage trucks, which are built to move around neighborhoods, move around cities, but not to go 2,500 miles. So sometimes you run into some breakdowns and those are things that you have to adapt to. And that's true for the drivers, true for us. Sometimes you got to move different drivers in. If there is a breakdown, it goes to a shop two to three days or four days, maybe sometimes up to a couple of weeks if they're waiting for a certain part to come in. So you got to be able to adapt and in that space, and have the patience into planning and replan, as you said, as circumstances dictate. Yep. I want to take a quick time out to tell you, you can now listen to the logistics of logistics on Wreaths Across America Radio. I'll put a link in the show notes. Wreaths Across America provides informational, inspiring content about members of the U.S. Armed Forces, their families, and military veterans. Their mission is to remember, honor, and teach. Wreaths Across America succeeds because of the generous support of the trucking community. Take a listen and please consider volunteering. Getting back to it. So I'm assuming when you guys started off with this podcast, you said, hey, we want to recruit some of these drivers to listen to our podcast. But recognizing that the vast majority of people who are going to listen and gain value and hopefully improve their careers are never going to work for Norton Transport. Hopefully they, hopefully some do, but it's not going to be every single one. And that's the nature of podcasting. The majority of people who come on my podcast are not sponsors or advertisers. They're just people who they have an interesting story to tell. And I hope to God they get business from being on my podcast, least some favorable attention. But that's the nature of this biz. But getting back to drive away is drive away. Are there certain drivers who that's all they do? They don't do any. They don't ever move freight. They just move things with the wheels. Our drivers are independent contractors. And it's not uncommon for to see them running for other companies in the driveway space. And that's just the fact of, of life there. In driveway, they will run for two companies uh, because they say they've got a load going to Detroit, for example, but there's not something coming out for us. They will look for something with another company coming out and they'll merge those two together because they're independent contractors for that company as well for the other companies. But of course, we like to keep them on just as our drivers. And we do a lot of things incentive-wise for being on time, using certain fuel stations, which we have partnerships with those companies and things like that. If they stay on time, they get incentive bonuses, miles driven, of course, within the the federal regulations that they can go and the time, the hours on the road. But yeah, we try to retain them that way. And that's one thing on our podcast is that a lot of drivers listen to it. It's a way for them to keep up with other drivers. And a lot of the drivers, as you would imagine, know each other. They share information with each other. They talk all the time. They're on the road all the time. And they're talking about the ins and the outs and the everything that's going on in the industry and with our company, Norton Transport. We certainly like to keep them engaged. And that's one thing that the podcast does. We use it as a recruitment tool. And we also, as we said, like to elevate and celebrate and tell the stories of the drivers. We've had some amazing stories. One comes to mind, for example, a driver out of Texas used to be a cowboy, a real cowboy, was riding a bull, got bucked off of the bull, and the horn went through his chin. 
And it's just stories like that. It's just some people may pigeonhole drivers, but there's so much more to their lives. And we try to get personal with them about what's been going on in their lives. And I think I was sharing with you before we hit the record button about a celebrity chef, cook for Lou Rawls, Justin Bieber. He was Atlanta-based and it cooked for these guys when they come in and do their concerts. And he had some interesting comments about both of those performers. That's interesting. And by the way, you're absolutely right. We've trained... We've trained a ton of drivers who aren't driving right now. And so I always feel like these guys are multifaceted. I do know this. We have drivers who might own a roofing business. So they say, yeah, but I also got my CDL. So I drive when I'm doing some roofs over the summer. If you're in the Northeast and the Midwest, you don't want to do that in the winter. So you drive a truck. Uh, There's always uh, a lot of guys who are in the trades. And so when construction picks up, we lose drivers. And I say this all the time. We have to make this a better job because we lose so many people we train. People with CDLs would prefer to do a lot of other jobs. And I think it's because it is a painful job. And if you aren't getting to that six figures, if you're struggling to make the kind of living you want to make for all that hassle you have to live with, we, you're going to leave the business. You're going to say the hell with it. I, I got a lot of skills. I'm going to go somewhere else. And by the way, when we talk about living on the road, I know it's gotten a lot better. I stop at truck stops all the time when I'm on the road. Just to get a sense, one of the things I've noticed in the last 10, 15 years is the truck stops are doing a better job at food, but it's expensive. Right. And what I mean it is it's, it is more fresh food. There's more options. You don't have to buy just packaged stuff. But I do know this, truck stop food is 20% higher than Walmart. So you're not eat, it's not like eating at home. And there's a better chance that you're going to go through some bag of Fritos in with that, right? Give, give me a Twinkie for the road. And you're sitting. Uh, that's a difficult thing to do. And then you're also sleeping a lot of times in, that, in your sleeper cab. Those are, by the way, if you made me sleep in a sleeper cab tonight, I bet I would sleep three hours. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. The uh, you brought up a good point there about uh, food at truck stops because that is a common topic we have with drivers is food on the road, and some truck stops have some good food, some do not, and then some of the drivers will say that they will. A lot of times they stay on the highway, stay on the freeway, and stay on the interstate to make up time. But sometimes they will venture off because they know there's a mom and pop restaurant somewhere and plug in the town, wherever it may be. And the food is that good. And when you're on the road by yourself, you got to look for life, simple pleasures. Yep. When I was um, just before COVID, I was helping a very large company. They spent a small fortune on transportation. So they got thousands of shipments a week. And they had a vice president and a director. And they were just, they were new to the job, smart guys. And they had a team. I was part of that team. I was the outside consultant helping to select a 3PL. But in the meantime, we started talking about the drivers and we spent a lot of time. And, and one of the things that they learned is we have a lot of drivers sitting out in our parking lots at all of our locations in the, in the Northeast and the Midwest, all over the place in the South. They found out these drivers get there and they're sitting in their truck. And I keep thinking how difficult that is to drive across the country, get somewhere, and then have to sit around in your truck waiting. And I think that is, to me, I've joked, I say it, 
John, if you jumped in your car and drove up here to see me in Michigan, and then you got here and I said, you called and said, hey, Joe, I'm in front of your place. And I said, hey, that's cool. I'm not home right now. I'm at the gym. I'll come home. I'll shower. And uh, then we'll go out to lunch. You'd be like, God darn, I drove all the way from Chattanooga to be up to see this guy. And he's not ready. It would seem personally, this is a personal relationship, really rude. But the drivers live with that on a regular basis. And meanwhile, you might have had a plan to be picking up your next load. And instead, you're not getting unloaded on this one. And now you're not going to get to be where you thought you were going to be tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, it definitely dovetails one into the other. But it's like you were saying, if a driver does drive eight, 10 hours, and they may have to sit for another two, four, two to three, four hours, depending upon how they plan that. Of course, they want to move that reset to where they can do their 10, 11 hours and then hit the reset in a a good place, you know, at a hotel or at a truck stop, get a fresh shower. A lot of them talk about getting around, getting out, walking, because, you know, you're confined in that truck and getting the legs loose. And some of them even go on trail hikes. Uh, They'll plan it that way during the course of their transport and just to make it a more comfortable transport and be alert and be aware while they're on the road. Yeah. And I know during that engagement where I was helping these guys, we stopped at a lot of different locations. I remember walking in to a terminal. And when you go to this terminal, it was an LTL terminal. But when you got there, in the back, and there's a driver room, a driver break room. And it's got a nice refrigerator with some, it's got a some, it's got drinks in there. It's got obviously non-alcoholic. They had a few lazy boys, had a shower, and a couch. You could take a little nap in there. You could take a shower in there, had Wi-Fi, had a desk, the whole thing. And from what I understand, some drivers, I think Walmart's got some of those kind of locations. Some drivers would say, I'll go there. I'll take that load. I'll take that load even for a little less because it makes it easy. And I suggested to that shipper, if you can't unload that guy in the next half hour, give him a gift card. Say, go, there's a truck stop a mile down the road. Go have lunch on us because we didn't unload you. Right. Yeah. Go take a shower. Absolutely. We got to start making this job better. And you mentioned the planning. If I want to get to that six figures, I I got to have some I got to have some help from the people I work with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, that's a great point too about the help we have about 40 dispatchers that work here. They work hand in hand with the drivers on making those connections, on making that help happen, on connecting those loads. And of course we have a load board, which goes out to all of our drivers. They can see you know, what's available, where they are and where it connects to. And of course, each driver that we have on our podcast, The Six Figure Trucker, talks about the relationship they have with their dispatchers. And I don't want to toot our own horn, but our dispatchers are really so important to what we do and the relationships they form and build with the drivers out on the road. Because sometimes, you know, we're in the business of moving trucks, moving loads. But a part of that business, a lot of it is interacting with the driver while they're on the road. I mean, they will have in-depth conversations with the drivers about their families, about where they're going. And that's the same kind of thing we try to do on our podcast is talk about, you know, what's your life like? What's it like being on the road? If you're a family person and you're away from your wife or your husband or your children, your significant other, how do you piece all that together? And of course, on the Six Figure Trucker, they talk about 
with us, at least, you have the flexibility of when you want to take the loads, when you want to make the money, when you want to spend that money on a vacation with a family or make that trip that you couldn't make before, but now you can. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to have to make this a better job because the United States, regardless of what the news might tell you, we're an increasingly wealthy country. Also, any of you have kids or nieces and nephews, young people in your life, listen to the way they talk about work compared to the way you grew up talking about work. <laughs> I, 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 I have great kids. I have great, all the young people in my life are great, but they talk about work in a very different way. They like having a good culture, having work-life balance. There's a million things that were never discussed when I was a young person. I, I always remember I had, I had professional jobs. But I also had bosses who threatened to kick my ass enough <laughs> I don't think that's normal, (laughs) but so we're going to have to do better for the drivers because they do have options and the world is increasingly technical. The technical people don't particularly care if you have a degree. So there's people who can get a degree in something technical and be doing that from home. If you're going to entice them to take a job that puts you on the road, that takes you away from your family, it has to get me some money. It has to also have some I also have to have some of the hassle out of my life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point about on the technical aspect or whatever, you know, space you're in and whether you had a college education or not. But people, I mean, it's all about interaction and communication and relationships. And I think that carries over to a lot of different businesses, logistics, drive away, of course, in broadcasting. But it's important to have that that wheelhouse set that really can. If you can relate to people you can work in a lot of industries. Yep. So let's switch gears and talk about some of your customer segments. I've never talked to anyone on a podcast about the drive-away business. You guys are picking up. So let's just say, let's one example you gave me earlier was dealerships. So let's just say I decide I've had enough about this podcast for a little while. I'm going to drive a truck and I buy a truck and, uh, I didn't buy it from necessarily a dealership by me, but I bought it and they want to deliver it to me. Do you guys, is that one of your customer segments? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you think about the dealerships, they're spread across the country. And let's say you've got a trucking company and you need 12 trucks. The trucks you're looking for, you're looking for a truck with lower mileage. It may not be at your dealership where your trucking company is, but you need to go out and you found some trucks. Some are 500 miles away, some are 1,200 miles away, and we will bring those to that central location. And obviously, that will make that trucking company very satisfied after, and of course, the, the seller of the truck, also, they're very satisfied. We're just the connecting piece in that industry. And I think you and I had talked about the, the deck sets as well, which is we moved if people are not familiar with it, you may be driving down the road and one cab pulling two behind it or even three behind it. That's uh, called decking. Some people refer to it as piggybacking. And that is something that we do a lot of. It's about uh, roughly half of what we do as far as revenue generation is from the decking. And we have a yard down at Von Orme, Texas, where they come in and we move them in a deck set. You take what's the first truck is called the horse. That's what drivers refer to it as the horse. And then you have two, three, four behind it. So you would drop off number four first, then number three, 
then number two, then number one. Then you find yourself away to your closest airport and off you go. Many of our drivers go back to Von Orme and do it again. So you could drop that truck at my house, potentially, if that's the way that dealership said, hey, we're in we're in Ohio. We'll pick that truck up for you, Joe, and we'll drop it at your house. And yes, so that guy might drop and then he might drive to Traverse City and then over to Chicago and then uh, get on a plane and go back to wherever he's from. Exactly. And a lot of that goes back to what we were talking about, the planning. And a lot of the drivers like to some will the runners will run over the weekend and a lot of the other ones want to be home for the weekend. So they plan their loads accordingly and the travel in between, which is that's where we find a lot of expense in our industry, because if you've tried to rent a car anytime recently, the availability of them and the price is has increased. And oh, it used to be that's cheap. One of the, <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap. And uh, the same is true for Uber. It's not uncommon where we're pricing Ubers for drivers to go anywhere from great would be 20 miles, 20 miles deadhead. But we see it up to if there's no rentals available, you're left with your options and it may be over a hundred mile Uber, which we've done that before. But of course, in our company with more than 1200 drivers, we also have our own travel team that arranges this travel for our drivers, whether it's in the air, whether it's an Uber or if it's a rental, or sometimes our drivers arrange their own and then we work out the compensation back and forth. So if I was, the example I used is the guys in Chicago, he's probably going to pick up another, another shipment out of Chicago. It's when you find yourself in a remote area that might get a little more difficult in the deadhead part. That's, that is correct. And we were talking about this before we started recording, dear. A lot of the manufacturers are in remote locations and getting them to these remote locations is part of the challenge, but it's fun in the sense of, can we make these dots connect? And when we do, it works out well. And then sometimes when it doesn't, sometimes you just don't have loads going to those remote locations. You've got to manage the expense, but sometimes you have to eat that expense because you've got a manufacturer, an upfitter in a remote location, and they still have to get their product out, their truck out to their end using customer. We try to piece that all together. And you take, for example, say you've got a remote location that connects to a long run. You got a remote location like somewhere in Iowa that goes to Atlanta or let's no, let's say better yet to Houston. So that one goes to Houston, and then you've got to run from Houston to California. So you connect those two loads together, making it attractive for you as a company and as the driver. Sometimes they got to take the bad load, but they get the good load as the payoff. I want to take a quick time out to tell you about my friends over at Greenscreens. That's greenscreens.ai. Greenscreens is a dynamic pricing technology for the truckload spot market that delivers buy and sell side market intelligence to help brokers and 3PLs grow and protect their margins. Freight brokers and 3PLs using green screens gain the following advantages. Faster pricing for both buy side and sell side transactions. Pricing that is more accurate and more likely to win profitable business. Guys, dynamic pricing is the next killer app. Hundreds of freight brokers are already using it because it enables them to develop faster, more accurate quotes. This is the time. Check out Green Screens in the show notes, greenscreens.ai. So 
getting back to it, that gets back to that whole thing you were talking about on the six figure trucker is this planning and the replanning. You tell them, you share with them actual stories about guys and how they're going to get to that six figure income. Because again, we're going to lose a lot of people if we don't make this a better job. And part of that being a better job is definitely pay. It's not the only thing, but it's one of the things. And I think it's also important for people outside the trucking business, the brokers, the three PLs, the shippers to better understand the life of drivers, because this whole industry rides on the shoulders of warehouse workers, drivers, port workers, all the people who are doing the hard work. Again, we're all sitting at, we're, we're all sitting in nice offices or even at home. And our expectations are so much higher than they were 20 years ago, not for trucking. They don't have the high expectations that, that their week will be easy. Uh, no truer words spoken, Joe. They are the backbone of our company. The drivers are, and they're aware of that. And uh, there's so many different components, the customers, and of course, the drivers. And we try to treat them as such so that they are respected. And we obviously were looking for the professional drivers that represent our company well, from the pickup location to the delivery location, we try to put the best face forward and where there's a lot of trust built in, not only the transport between one location and the next location, but the way that the truck is delivered, the attitude that the driver presents. And that's one thing on the Six Figure Trucker podcast. We try to, truck drivers, let's be real about it, not always are held up in the biggest, in the most favorable light. But once you get to know them and realize that they have a story as well, and their stories, hearing their stories is always fascinating. Yep. Yep. I do know this. I read not so long ago that a generation ago, being a driver was the best blue collar job there was pay wise. It, it was a good gig. And I think it still can be in many cases. It's just, it takes a little work to make sure you get to that, that high income. And again, that's, we're going to have to, we're going to have to find a way to make this a better job. But anyway, getting back to it, let's talk about the sweet spot for Norton Transport. So I know you work with dealerships. That would be, I want to buy, I bought some trucks and you guys can get them delivered to me wherever I need those trucks. You also work with the manufacturer of the trucks, the original equipment manufacturers, right? The OEMs. So how do you work with them? That's correct. We Freightliner, for example, comes across from Mexico. We get the trucks delivered through... Our yard in Von Ormy, and then we move them out. Where's from Van Ormy? Von Ormy is basically San Antonio. It's just outside of San Antonio, and we move from there. And we have other yards across the country where we do similar things. And another part, another component of our business is moving school buses. We haven't moved away from our roots as uh, Calvin Norton. Our owner started that. We move for a, a number of companies, a number of, we move new buses and used buses. And right now at this time here in late July, we're in the school bus season because schools will be starting back up uh, very soon. So those buses need to be moved from one location to the next location. And that's a lot of buses that are to be moved across the country. And a lot of this people don't think about, it's how did these buses get here? And that's where we work in the background to make sure those buses get to the school districts across the country. And we also have another division within our company. It's called Driven Logistics. And we that's where we haul 
equipment, whether it be like electric vehicles or a couple of trucks on a low boy. It's a much smaller percentage of our company, but it's a growing percentage of our company. And that's something that we also get into. So you work with, you'll work with the manufacturers to get it from the manufacturers to the dealerships. You'll work with the dealerships to get a truck from the dealership to the end customer, which might be a trucking company or an owner operator. You also work with, um, you told me that 20% of your drivers, which is a big number, is are not CDL drivers. Explain. Yeah, they're non-CDL drivers and they are very hungry as far as looking for loads because a lot of the drive, a lot of the trucks are require a CDL driver. But for those that don't, your box trucks, your trucks under 26,000 pounds and not having a trailer attached to it, a non-CDL driver can transport that. So they will look for those loads all across the country. Of course, like CDL drivers, they all love the long loads. It works out with the mileage and the hours that you can do and the pay that comes from those long loads. Everybody likes the long loads, but uh, mostly they move box trucks. And uh, we have drivers that go in and out of Canada, some step vans. I don't want to name too many companies, but uh, there are some trucks that we move that you could think of that fall into that category category of box trucks, moving trucks that we move for companies such as that and other shipping companies. If you think about that, those trucks also have to be moved. And the step van trucks, when you think about what shows up in your neighborhood, those trucks have to be moved from location to location. And that's where the non-CDL driver comes in. And uh, it's a good space for them as well. And so that's just another revenue stream. If I'm a box truck driver and I say, hey, things are slow, I'm going to jump in and work with Norton and I'm going to move, I'm going to move some box trucks for them. And again, there's always a need in our, in our supply chains to this. I look at this as the grease that keeps things going, right? That truck driver can't do that long haul. If somebody doesn't drop off the truck at his house. <laughs> exactly. That's true. And a lot of the non-CDL drivers, they'll come in. It's an entry into the business because it's non-CDL. And then they'll work at the same time while they're non-CDL on getting their CDL license. And they may start off class B, then move up to class A. And eventually they're at a point when they go from class B to class A, they start thinking about being a deck driver. It's very attractive, particularly money-wise, because they get paid a higher rate because they're moving three, four trucks at a time. So that pay comes with it, and the perks are there with it, which is known in the drive-away industry because they're dropping three, four trucks at a time. A lot of their expenses we take care of because they're moving so many trucks for us. It's a volume thing. Excellent, excellent. So you work with OEMs, you work with, dealerships, truck dealerships. You also work with trucking companies who need stuff moved around. And then all those box trucks, a, a whole world of its own, right? Those are some of your sweet spots. Uh, absolutely. Those are some of the things that we're working with. But I think before we started recording here, we talked about, we also moved garbage trucks, cement mixers, school uh, buses, dump trucks, yep. school buses. Uh, I wasn't being facetious when I said, if it's got wheels, we'll move it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What I'll do, John, is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. I'll put a link to Norton Transport. We'll definitely put a link to the six-figure trucker so people can check you out over there. And I like to interview smart, interesting people like you, John, people who are killing it in the space. Who else should I interview? Who would you recommend? 
again, internally, just That's internally. I tell you, you can find some of these drivers. Here's a guy, Jose Palma. He's one of our drivers. He has a very interesting story, and he stopped. He's a deck driver, and in one of his, you can hear this on one of our episodes, but he made a stop in a major league ballpark to take in a game. He had some downtime, so he thought he would take in a game there, and he met a girl at the ballpark, and things accelerated, shall we say, in his introduction with her. But there's all kinds of people out there, the drivers that have the stories from on the road. And there's so many guys and girls. We have a lot of female drivers here at Norton Transport that uh, can tell you the beauty of the open road. And it's just fascinating to hear from them firsthand what they've seen, wildlife, uh, when they're moving through Canada, Montana, North Dakota, all, all those type things. But uh, as far as to answer your question about who would be a good podcast guest for you in the logistics world, we're headed to the Used Truck Association. They have their annual convention. And this year it's in San Antonio. It would be like shooting fish in a barrel. There are so many interesting characters. If you were to set up shop there in San Antonio, you would find out what it's all about. So what conference is that? That's the Used Truck Association. They have their annual conference. Uh, it moves from city to city, and uh, it's a great network of people nationally speaking. And uh, last year, it was in Washington, D.C., actually in Maryland, but uh, the convention's there, and it's a who's who in the used trucking business. But So anyway, if you can reach, connect me with Jose, and then uh, you, I take it you'll be at this Used Truck Association conference in San Antonio. Absolutely. It's a can't miss opportunity. I'll be there with a number of our uh, account managers and uh, management. We will all be there at the Used Truck Association. What other conferences will we see you and Norton Transport at this year? We go to a lot of the specialty shows. One is a work truck week. It's been in Indianapolis the last couple of weeks, and that's where you have utility trucks, as the name implies, work truck week, uh, that do whatever they may do. Naphide is a big sponsor there, a big participant there. We also go to some of the waste expos. One was in Las Vegas. They pick good locations for these uh, conferences where you have a lot of refuse, garbage trucks that are in attendance there. There's also the concrete show, which has all these concrete mixers. And of course, we go there looking for their business to move their trucks from the upfitting location to the end user. It works hand in glove. Excellent. Excellent. Well, John, I really appreciate you taking the time. As I said, I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, a link to Norton Transport, a link to the podcast, Six Figure Trucker, and any other links you and your marketing team give me, I'll put those in the show notes. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Joe, it's been an honor. I love to be on a podcast that's as successful as yours is. I'm going to take a lot of notes from it, look at it. I did enjoy watching your episode with Des Clark being a sports guy. And the range of guests that you get is, is quite amazing, very interesting. And it's no surprise. It's where you are in the podcast world. It's that the success that you've built so far and continue to do. So. Thank you so much. And I say it all the time, but it's the truth. My podcast is, is only as good as the guests I get. And I get great guests. 
And and that as soon as you can't get great guests, you're not going to have a great podcast. Maybe if you're Joe Rogan, you figure that out, but I'm not smart enough. I, I, I got to go get great guests like you. So thank you so much, John. All right. Thank you, Joe. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.